Welcome to episode 21 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark sat down with Linda Mead, the president and CEO of DNR Greenway Land Trust, a Princeton nonprofit organization that works to preserve and care for land, as well as inspire a conservation ethic. Through strategic land conservation and stewardship, Linda discussed how DNR Greenway Land Trust has permanently protected 22,000 acres of land since its founding in 1989, preserving land for farms and community gardens, preserving land to protect wildlife and create public trails, preserving land to help combat climate change and ensure clean drinking water for future generations. Linda also discussed the DNR Greenway Johnson Education Center in Princeton, host to art galleries and presentations that celebrate the natural world and inspire a conservation ethic. So without any further introduction, let's join Mark Frieda and Linda Mead for episode 21 of the Princeton Podcast. Linda, thanks for joining us. It's good to see you. Oh, it's great to be here, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. So let me start off. Um, Linda, from a from a big picture perspective, just because I have a bunch of other questions, so I don't want you to give me all the detail just yet, but what is the DNR Greenway Land Trust? Well, let me start with what's a land trust. Hmm. So a land trust is an organization, a nonprofit that cares for land, that preserves and cares for land. DNR Greenway refers to the fact that we are preserving lands along the DNR Canal, all the tributaries that flow into it, all the areas in our region that are important in central New Jersey. And Greenway means that we want to link all those together. So the DNR Greenway Land Trust is really a group of people that really care about land preservation and connecting people to the land. Wow, that is a great explanation. Thank you. Um, So Linda, how long have you been the president and CEO of the DNR Greenway? Well, on July 7th, 1997, I became the president and CEO, <laughs> then called the executive director. So 25 years this year. Well, hey, congratulations. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? How quickly it goes. Yeah, the time does fly by. <laughs> <laughs> um, Linda, I think not everyone may be aware of where your offices are. So could you explain where you're located, what the facility is, and, and also how it came about? Sure. Well, we are over on Rosedale Road um, in the old uh, Johnson, General Robert Wood Johnson estate. And it came about because in 1999, um, some Princeton residents called me up and said, um, there's going to be a development on this property that is 60 acres, and it sure would be great if we could preserve it. So we got started in preservation. And at the time, there was a big barn on the property. And the barn went back to at least circa 1900. Um, It was part of the overall Edgerstone estate. Um, And that barn was this incredible building uh, that was right off of Rosedale Road at the front of the property. And we actually came to Princeton and said, are you interested in a community center? And Princeton said, no, we don't want to take that on right now. So DNR Greenway um, sat in the in the front of the barn. Everybody brought their lawn chairs, and the board sat there and said, what can we do with this building? We were in a rented office space at the time outside of Princeton, and one of our uh, members of the board said, you know, if you have a place like this in the middle of Princeton, people will feel like they belong to the DNR Greenway Land Trust. They will come, they will belong, they will support the mission, and you'll preserve more land. And so that's how it came about. And we renovated that barn that had once housed 
horses and chickens, and we found some old barn implements in it, but we renovated that into our Johnson Education Center. So people can come there now and visit off of, right off of Rosedale Road. Our address is One Preservation Place, and uh, we have an art gallery in there that is themed to our mission. So you can come see art about trails and birds and urban gardens and all kinds of things. Um, and we also have programs. Pre-COVID, we had quite a few programs. Uh, we're starting some of that. We have groups that come in as partners and rent that space for a very reasonable price. And so we have yoga classes and Tai Chi classes and all kinds of things happening to get people engaged. The important thing is they learn about the land because it's surrounded by Greenway Meadows Park, which when the property was preserved, DNR Greenway essentially put an easement on that, turned that over to the town, and it's Princeton's Greenway Meadows Park. And we have a great relationship there. Beautiful, beautiful native wildflowers in the meadows. So people should come take a walk. Yeah, well, it is a great place to walk around. I mean, there's trails there, and you can connect to going to many different places in town. But, you know, I've been to a number of functions there, and I have yes. to say it's a great facility. Thank and, you. And, you know, as you said, people can rent it. Organizations could rent it at a reasonable price which is mm -hmm. unheard of in Princeton, um, right. to find space to use. But it's a, a great venue for people to use. So, I mean, thank you very much that it's available to other organizations. Uh, we, we want to be good neighbors, so thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so my next question is a little repetitive. I'm going to ask it anyway. So I believe that the DNR Greenway Land Trust was started in 1989? That's correct. So uh, it actually was an idea that began with a few people in 1987. And at the time, they, uh, the folks met at the Stony Brook Millstone Watershed Association, mm. now the watershed. Right. Um, and in 1989, we became our own separate nonprofit organization. Um, and it was four people that were the founders, one of whom was the director of the DNR Canal Commission. So you wonder kind yeah. of why the DNR focus, um, it really came from that. And it came from the idea of protecting clean water by protecting land along the water banks. Um, and as it grew, um, the, the focus of all the founders and all the folks that came and joined us was to really protect these kind of connected, contiguous areas, whether it was the Sourland Forest across central New Jersey, whether it was the Stony Brook Greenway coming down from the headlands up in the um, Sa uh, Sourland Mountains and then coming, that was actually our first acquisition, and then coming down into Princeton uh, right to the Johnson Education Center. Amazing story. Um, so obviously there's a lot of accomplishments that you and the, and the, the whole group can, can look back to, but are there, are there some that you think are more significant or more worthy of just saying, hey, you know, these ones really rank as the top few of the ones we've been able to to pull off? Yeah, you know, the big ones always come to mind um, because those took a lot of uh, brain power, frankly, to figure out how to make them happen. Um, and that's the fun of it. That's, that's the challenge and the fun of preserving land. Every piece is different. Every landowner is different. Uh, with Greenway Meadows, was, which certainly is one that rises to the top, um, that property um, was going to go into a development of 55 houses. Um, and it was owned at the time by the Johnson estate, which had 29 heirs. 
So unlike some properties that we might go to where a landowner is a single landowner who says, I really want to preserve my land, let's work together to do that. You know, this is one where we had to do a lot of fundraising and create a proposal to the estate that was a competitive proposal that would allow us to acquire that property. So that was all the fun that went into it. Um, so that certainly rises to the top. Another one was the uh, Coventry Farm property um, on the Great Road and now Farm View Fields on one side of the road. Uh, but that one was uh, under contract with Bob Hillier. And what I loved about preserving that property was that Bob Hillier became a friend. So, you know, people often think these terrible developers that are out there. Um, they actually, you know, some developers uh, like Bob are community minded. And so we sat down together and Bob said to us, you know, I'm almost ready to go into kind of final plan approval. But if you would like to take the time, here's the price. You've got three months to raise it and I'll wait and let's see what we can do. So DNR Greenway went to work. Um, we're very fortunate. We're in Princeton where there's a lot of people that care about this and there's a lot of people that have the ability to make significant gifts. And so we were able to raise the money in three months to purchase that property for preservation. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and fun to work with the Winant family. So, you know, on one side of the road, people as they go down the Great Road will see that on the Winant farm, um, there's a vineyard now. And um, that property actually went back to a land grant from King George to the Winant family. And so keeping that in agriculture is part of our heritage. And DNR Greenway holds a conservation easement on that farm. So Every year we go out there and monitor that to make sure that they are keeping with the conservation restrictions on the property. And we just have a great relationship. So it's fun to see that they've been able to figure out how to economically manage that farm um, in a way that maintains conservation. Yeah, well, those are two great examples of the things that, that have been accomplished. Um, let me switch gears a little bit. So 25 years you've been at the DNR Greenway Land Trust. So. Have you always been in the Princeton area or where did you, where did you grow up? Where are you from? <laughs> so I am from right across the river, part of the Delaware River watershed. I grew up in Bucks County um, in a suburban area. And what's interesting, and I've looked back over the years and, and, you know, where I lived, I happened to be very fortunate to be right across the street from a greenway. And the greenway was all along the creek. Um, as we called it when yep. we were kids, and that's where we played. So every day I looked out at the Greenway. When we had ice on the stream, we were out there ice skating. The kids, you know, in the neighborhood picnic there and rode tubes down when it flooded. And so it was a lot of fun. So I think that that daily exposure to nature was really important for me. Um, and then I went to Rutgers for landscape architecture and environmental planning. And I really liked connecting uh, people and the land and thinking about how do you design a space in a way that engages people and gets them to experience the important parts of the land, the important resources right. that are there. Um, so I had the fortunate opportunity to do an internship with a landscape architect who introduced me to uh, the Bucks County Conservancy over in Bucks County. And I went to work there for a few years under the tutelage of the founder there. 
um, who let me join him at kitchen tables talking to landowners about preservation. But um, just really interesting is that when I was doing this internship, and this will let you know how long ago it was, um, Constitution Hill was just being developed. <laughs> and so this landscape architect was involved in the site plan for that. So I got to come over and uh, from Bucks County, Newtown is where we had our office. And I got to come over and be part of that site analysis of Constitution Hill. And, you know, fast forward, and here we are in 1999, the, uh, the people that called me to help preserve Greenway Meadows were John and Margie Harper, who lived in Constitution Hill. Yeah. So life comes around. It does, it does. The connections are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I sense that there's a, that you do a lot of different and interesting activities related to the mission of the DNR Greenway Land Trust. Uh, can you share a little bit more about, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, no day is ever the same. <laughs> so, And that's what I like about it. It's yeah. constant challenges, and it's constantly figuring out uh, and adapting to whatever comes your way. Um, so I do a little bit of everything. Um, my, if you ask me to describe myself, I would say I'm a land preservationist first and foremost. I love to do land deals. I like to think them through and figure out how to make a win-win for everybody. So I get involved in the structuring of land preservation. Um, I also do a lot of fundraising. Um, as Betty Wall Johnson said to me, you know, well, it takes money to run an organization. Um, and it does. And so even though we're what I think of as a lean and mean organization, not mean, but lean, yeah. um, you know, we really do, um, you know, stay focused on what we need to get done. But there's a lot of aspects to that. So I do a lot of management of staff as well, um, just making sure that we're keeping to our strategic vision. Um, as the years have gone on, um, we have more and more land that we care for. So we have preserves like our St. Michael's Farm Preserve out in Hopewell, for instance. Um, and we have staff that's out there mowing trails and making sure that everything is properly signed and cared for and we're restoring native habitats and we're welcoming people on the property. So while I don't do the day-to-day -day work of that, I oversee that and make sure that it is in keeping with the strategic mission to engage people with the land. Yeah. Um, the fundraising's a lot of fun too. Uh, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, it's all about getting to know people and listening to them. And so sitting at somebody's kitchen table to talk about preserving their land and sitting at their kitchen table to ask for a contribution to preserving a piece of land um, are really the same thing. And you're really looking to connect with somebody's passion. It's interesting when you, as talking to you and talking to other people that have been here for our prior podcast for the nonprofits, especially it's, there's so much involved with the people that, that run a nonprofit because there are so many different things are all the details that you have to worry about. Granted, other people are doing a lot of the work also, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, somebody does have to be responsible for, oh yeah, the ship doesn't need to move in the right direction. <laughs> you better believe and, it. And pay attention. So yeah, there's a lot there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um so here's a question that we've been asking everybody lately. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. But I mean, how did COVID impact your organization? You know, I think once we got past the shock of it, um, I think actually in a positive way, um, in the sense that people began to appreciate 
our mission more. Um, they were home, they were working remote, and they couldn't go to the places they used to go to, public places, but they could go to the parks, they could go to the trails. We got so many um, messages from people that we had never heard from before who said, like, this is my solace is going out and walking your trail. Greenway Meadows had so many people that would come out there and contact us and say how important it was to them. Um, and so that was one way it affected us. The other way I think was that it made our staff more adaptable um, and more flexible and more creative. So, you know, we all had to think about ways to do, we had to learn Zoom and do Zoom meetings and Zoom presentations and all of those things. But we became more creative about how we solved problems and how we, um, how we determined how to do our mission work in a way that was safe and healthy. And I think what that did for us is it created skills that, you know, go into the future. You know, it's not something that goes away when COVID goes away. Um, we did close the Johnson Education Center for some time, and I think the difference now is, as we're even starting to reopen, we're doing it in a safe way, and um, our staff is working kind of a hybrid model. Some people are in the office all the time, some are part remote and part in the office, and then, of course, in the summer, field staff are all out in the field. So, um, so it affected how we do the work that we do on a daily basis, but Long-term, the results, I think, are positive, even though the pandemic, you know, is a terrible thing. And hopefully, um, you know, people are are being safe. Yeah. Well, I, th I think it speaks a lot to your organization and to others we've talked to is to their ability to pivot and say, okay, it's a bad situation, but but how do we deal with it? And how do we find something that either works to our advantage or at least, you know, keeps us status quo until things res come back to, you know, quote unquote, normal or as normal as normal will be going forward. So, I mean, it speaks, it speaks well of your organization specifically to have been able to, to have dealt with that and, and deal with it head on. So Mark, you know, um, last fall was actually the first time we had events since COVID and um, we had outdoor events at the Johnson Education Center. And one of them was uh, a tribute to former mayor of Princeton, Phyllis Marchand. Yeah, very nice who, event just a wonderful woman who um, I worked with to preserve Greenway Meadows and Coventry Farm when she was mayor. And then um, she joined our board and actually became chair of our board after she had served the township. Um, so we worked closely together and it was wonderful to host that and to see people come out to that event and just be so happy to see each other again. It, it was a very nice event, well, very well attended and a beautiful setting to have that. So that was well done. And we should mention that we are sitting right now doing this podcast in the mayor's office at 400 Witherspoon Street, which used to be the office for the mayor of the township of Princeton. Now it's, you know, the office for the mayor of the municipality of Princeton. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, things that's that full circle of things. Um, Linda, what do you think are some of the most popular programs or services that DNR Greenway Land Trust provides? So, you know, in addition to preserving land, which, you know, people love, everybody wants to see land preserved for the most part because, you know, it reduces the traffic and it provides clean water and fresh air. So, you know, I think that's the number one reason people support and get involved with DNR Greenway. Actual kind of hands-on programs, I think, um, are preserves where people can go out and take a walk. Just having those available um, has been really important. Um, and people enjoy that. When we uh, have had 
programs, lectures in the Johnson Education Center. Um, the speakers we've been able to get being right here in the middle of Princeton have just been outstanding, uh, whether university professors, um, artists of, you know, of great renown. Um, people have enjoyed coming out and, and hearing something unique and actually being in that space because when you're in that auditorium on our second floor, you know, you're inside a barn and you have these barn walls around you and <laughs> art on those walls. So it's just a great place to be. And, um, you know, one of the programs we had right before COVID was about um, birds and two women, uh, Hannah Southers and Sharon McGee, who have been birding an area in the Sourlands collectively for 66 years. It's, it's, it's actually chronologically been 44 years. Um, but that um, the data they had collected had never been presented before. And um, they were birding on one of our properties. I had reached out to them and said, would you be willing to share with us what your results have been? And this was right after Cornell's um, research that said, you know, we've lost millions upon millions of birds in our skies. I think it's 29 million birds that have been lost in these last few years. And the, the, uh, the volume's going down, the species are going down. And having Hannah and Sharon come and talk about over 44 years, this is what we've seen right here in our backyard. Here's the species that are doing well. Here's the ones we need to save more. Um, was really interesting. We we literally had a packed auditorium, people standing in the hall. Um, and that kind of thing also encourages people to talk amongst themselves about what they can do. So we always hope people go away with, oh, I could do this. I could become a volunteer. I could support this in this way, or I could do this at home. So that's been important. Um, and then related to that, we have a native plant nursery. Um, so we have native plant sales, um, big ones twice a year, spring and fall. People come during the summer as well and occasionally buy plants. But we really encourage people to plant native shrubs, trees, perennials, because it supports the bird population. It supports the wildlife habitat. And, um, you know, having biodiversity in our region is not just on our preserves. It's also in your backyard. So that's been a popular and growing program. Right. And, and I think everybody realizes with climate change how critical the land preservation is. Because mm -hmm. without these large areas of natural land, trees, and just open space, I mean, we, things are bad as they are with climate change. But mm -hmm. without efforts like you and your group, I mean, just think of how much worse our, our specific area right here oh. in central Jersey would be. So, Oh, the flooding, you know, that we oh. see nationwide. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the projects that we did in the last couple of years was to preserve a property in Bordentown City, which is right on the Crosswicks Creek where it flows into the Delaware River, uh, the Point Breeze, Breeze Project, which was the former estate of the exiled King of Spain. Um, and uh, that property, we had to, going back to how I love to make deals, that property we worked with the city's mayor, um, we worked with the state of New Jersey, and um, it was a highly desirable property for development. And there were warehouses that were proposed, and we were literally neck and neck um, competing with a warehouse developer. Um, you can imagine who it might have been. <laughs> um, who offered actually a lot more money. And I give a lot of credit to um, Divine Word missionaries who had owned the property for 80 years because they chose preservation and we were able to purchase it. But when you talk about climate change, had a warehouse been there, had all of that 
um, uh, leached all, everything that would have come from all those trucks leaching oh, yeah. down into the creek and the river and the flooding that would have occurred. Um, it's just a great example of what you just said, you know, with climate change, we need to protect lands and particularly along waterways. Yeah. I mean, the warehouse development in New Jersey is unbelievable. And mm -hmm. the impacts of that from the traffic and everything you said is just, but anyway, that's a whole nother topic for another day. Yes. Um, so how do I, and when I say I to people listening, that means all of you, how do I join or support the DNR Greenway Land Trust? How do I do that? Well, first you can go to our website, www.drgreenway, just like drgreenway.org.org. Um, and you can find a place to contribute there. You can also find a place that you can sign up to become a volunteer. Um, you can stop by at Johnson Education Center or come out to one of our events um, where you can learn more or you can support us by coming to a ticketed event. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do this fall yet. For the last two years, we've been doing a masquerade parade. Uh, prior to that, it was a masquerade ball that was our fall fundraiser. Um, and we might go back to the masquerade ball this year. We'll see how things are going. Um, but with the masquerade parade, uh, we had kind of stations along the way and people stayed in their own cars with their families and friends and they drove through the mm -hmm. parade, through a preserve and through the parade and it was so much fun. Yeah. So coming out to events like that to support us, um, uh, supporting us uh, by becoming a volunteer, buying something at the Native Plant Nursery, even when you buy a piece of art that supports our work. Um, and you know, it's, it's really doing things in your own backyard as well. So kind of, we're all in this together. Right. And then, so, I mean, you mentioned the native plants before you mentioned the artwork. So some of those things, I guess you could also purchase directly off the website. You don't have to physically show up. You can. Um, and we have some books for sale, that kind of thing. Um, but one of our more recent things that we have is we have this incredible, bag, sustainable bag, because we don't use plastic bags anymore here in New Jersey. And um, this is a bag that was designed for us by one of our board members, Patrick McDonald, who is the creator of the Mutz cartoon. And he lives right here in Princeton. And Patrick came to us, he and his wife, Karen, and they said, you know, we ought to do something that will get DNR Greenway's message out to a lot of people that is something that will raise a little bit of support, but mostly something that people will have in their daily lives that will remind them how important our mission is. So they designed something with um, with some Mutz, a Mutz image on it. Right. Um, and they worked with another artist on our board, James Fiorentino. Um, so there's a second image on there. And then there's a list of many of our preserves and it's done you know in a, in a fun way but what it does for you is you know you might look at that and you might say oh cranberry meadow what's that where's that oh i should go find out so um so we have those available at the johnson education center or you can go online and purchase one um we asked for a donation in the beginning it was 25 but we said now ten dollars and it's really just a donation that helps support our mission but you get this great bag and um and it's a lot of fun when you carry it into the store. Maybe you'll see some other people with the same bag and you'll know you're with like-minded folks. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And also it is just great advertisement. Yes. I mean, people do amazingly pay attention to where, where are the bags that people are carrying? Where do they come from? Where'd you get that bag? So exactly. it's a great idea. So let me ask you one final question here. Mm -hmm. um, looking ahead, what, what do you see unfolding for the DNR Greenway Land Trust over the next 
three to five years? Is there a way to predict what you might be doing or where you're going? So I see us right now um, transitioning some staff who have been here a long time. Um, and what I'm paying a lot of close attention to is putting together a really strong uh, group of people that can take this organization into the future. I'm personally not planning to retire anytime soon, but um, at some point that will happen. <laughs> and, you know, when you've dedicated 25 years to a place, you want to make sure that it is very sustainable and that it goes on in a very positive way, creating benefits for the community. Um, the work we've done to acquire land means that we're doing more stewardship work. Um, we'll continue to do that stewardship work, making those trails available, creating new trails, um, making sure that people are engaging in programs that are of interest to them and meaningful in their own lives. Um, we also are thinking about how we uh, how we bring more people in from surrounding communities. Um, you know, we are, I think, known to a certain extent in Princeton and Hopewell and Lawrence. But when you start to go out beyond that, perhaps not as much so. Um, and as I said, we're all in this together. So what happens in Cranberry affects what happens in Princeton and Hopewell. Um, one of the um, one of the big challenges I have in front of me right now. Um, and we all do on our board, is taking a look at what we're going to do with the land that was donated to us by Betty Wall Johnson's family in Hopewell. You know, almost 800 acres, a uh, number of houses and barns on the property. Um, we have the ability to sell those houses and barns if that's what we choose to do. Uh, but we're taking a little bit of time to get to know the property well. We're doing surveys now to understand the plants and the animals and the, the wildlife that's there so we can do the best thing um, to honor her vision of land preservation. And what I hope with that, that will happen is that however we create this park for the community, that we'll be able to convey what was her core love and philosophy, which was to preserve land, it's the most important thing we can do. So I want people to come out to, to that site, to our other sites and say, oh, I have a piece of land. Maybe I should preserve it. So we hope to inspire more and more. That's great to hear. Linda, I really want to thank you for joining us today. This has been very interesting. Thank you for all the information you've shared with everybody. Oh, thank you for having me and allowing me to share this. It's been a pleasure. Great. Thank you for joining us for the 21st episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced as a community service by HG Media providing audio, video, and website design services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.